This is the Women with Vision podcast, where we get real with some of the leading entrepreneurial superwomen about what it takes to build a business online and beyond with kids, husbands, and everything else. All right, superwomen, I'm so excited today to have my next guest, Emily Davis, who happens to be in my neck of the woods. She's out here in Tahoe, California, and I'm excited to talk to her because you know, I was having my, my assistant go through a lot of the, the people that we were looking at as far as uh, putting them on our podcast, and we were really looking for someone who was doing things a little bit different, you know, something that was maybe similar in the marketplace, but just doing it a little differently. And Emily was one of the people who came up because she is a, a self-help coach, uh, she's working with people on their trauma, PTSD, and things like that, but she's doing it using games, live action role play games. So I want, I'm, I'm excited to hear all about what she does. So Emily, welcome to the podcast. Hello, it is so nice to be here. I cannot wait to tell you all about the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, so cool. Now, first of all, I know that you, you said you personally went through, um, some past abuse and anxiety and things like that. So let's just dive in because I know, especially today, a lot of people are dealing with anxiety. Mm -hmm. And I, I know it's, it's probably from a lot of different things. Life is stressful. And uh, so, and, the, and also there's a lot of people who are, are, have suffered through abusive relationships and in their past. So first of all, tell me a little bit about your story uh, that sparked you to go into uh, this industry in the first place? Absolutely. So um, I am an avid gamer and I love games and stories and all the different fantasy everything, but I'm also an abuse survivor. So um, it was actually right out of high school. I got into a really abusive relationship and that lasted for about four, four and a half years. And it was really, really traumatic. It was very abusive, um, very isolating, tons of really bad stuff happened. So after I escaped that and I left, I was like, awesome, I'm going to spend so much effort, so much time healing and trying to get over all of the stuff I just went through. So I spent three years like doing things like therapy, um, doing, going through coaching, doing energy healing, a bunch of different things along those lines. And I really felt confident and comfortable and ready, like, okay, I've healed enough. I feel like I can get into a new relationship. And so, of course, the per perfect relationship like fell right into my lap. And so I'm like, awesome, this is meant to be. But... About two, three months into that, all of a sudden, I was faced with the worst PTSD that I could possibly describe. It was completely crippling to me. Um, everything I was doing, I felt constant guilt. I felt constant anxiety. And it wasn't just in the relationship. It literally affected every part of my life. Um, at, people at work were noticing. Like, I was just crumbling. And I remember thinking, like, why is this happening to me? Like, I don't understand. I did the healing. I did what I was, like, supposed to do. Um, and it wasn't working now that I was in this situation. And at the time, not only, not only did I feel like all this anxiety and stuff, but I felt so blocked and so disconnected from like my magic, from any of my intuitive gifts and from any of my spirituality that always was so important to me and all of it just seemed lost. Yeah. And so I was like, I need to figure out like what's going on. And I tried so hard to find different resources, but the problem that I was coming across is there's so many resources for you right after you leave an abusive relationship. Yeah but there are so few five years later. Yeah. 
Like it, cause it's not something that is as normal to talk about as, you know, Hey, this is actually something that like, once you get into a different relationship, all of this will come back Comes up. Back up. Yeah, exactly. And it's with any relationship trauma, even if your relationship wasn't abusive, if it was just like someone cheated on you or, you know, anything like that, like that trauma and that anxiety is still going to be left over in any new relationship that you have. And yeah. so I figured there must be a way for me to overcome this. So I did a couple of programs and I did some more counseling. None of it was really sticking. And that's when I kind of started to realize like, this isn't fun for me and it feels like a chore. And that's why it's not sticking is because I'm dreading going. I'm dreading dealing with this. I'm dreading coping with this. Like I don't want to face these things that are coming up for me at all, let alone in any sort of situation. And the narrative I kept hearing was like, oh, it'll be difficult, but it'll be worth it. And I was like, I don't want difficult, but worth it. I want easy. I want fun. I want worth it because I like it, not just because it'll be beneficial to me in the long run. Okay. So let's stop really quick because I want to go kind of back because I know that, yes, this is, there's stages to it all, right? Yeah. You, first of all, were in the abusive relationship. You had to figure out that you were, okay, this is, this is not, this is not, the way it's supposed to be. Okay. Mm -hmm. And next, I don't deserve to, to be in this situation. Right. Yeah. First step. What was your first step to getting out of it? Well, it was actually, it's kind of an interesting story. So at the time, when you're in an abusive relationship, even if they're hitting you, you don't know it's abusive. Yeah. Like you're yeah. totally brainwashed. And I had two young children. I had two under two. Wait a minute, Emily, you look five, okay? You look five years <laughs> old. So you have the youngest face. <laughs> yeah, I, can't, no. I can't even with you right now. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Yes, no, I have babies. Well, they're not babies anymore. Now they're, I have three kids. So they're seven, eight, and nine. Uh -huh. um, one of them isn't biologically mine, but she's mine anyway. Yes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so they're not so much babies anymore. But at the time, they were, I had like two under two. And so I was only thinking of just, you know, we have to stay together as a family unit. Like that's what the, that's how you raise children. Yes. Like, even if it's bad, even if I'm uncomfortable, even if I'm sad, like that's what you do. Um, and there was actually this really interesting story. Um, and I'll make it a very abbreviated, but this is really what got my wheels turning that, Oh my God, maybe I'm like in a bad relationship is I was selling cars at the time, which was not great for me and my mental state anyway. Right. Um, but I was selling cars. I was living in the super most Northern part of California where it like rained all the time and it was just really bad. And I had been taken away from any sort of family or any sort of people that I knew at all. He had, you know, what abusers like to do is they yep. like to isolate you as isolate much as possible. You. That's right. Exactly. So we moved eight hours away from anyone we knew because it was a good idea at the time in his brain and mine because I was following him. Um, and this woman came in and she was a homeless woman. And she wanted to buy a car and she was just really, you know, distraught and really upset. And she was like, I do have someone who can, who can put the down payment on it for me and pay for it for me. And I was like, kind of didn't believe her at the time. I was like, right. yeah, okay, whatever. Um, but she was like, I don't know anyone here. I'm so many hours away from anyone I know. Like, so I just got to call him and then she left and he called her back at the, at the business uh -huh. and he was willing to help her. He had all the money to put down on the car. Like he was willing to help this woman and she never ended up really coming back. Like she came back briefly and was just like, never mind. Like, I don't want to do this. Like, I don't want help. I don't want to admit how bad I am. Yeah. And she left. And I remember that was the first moment where I was like, Oh my God, yeah, I'm not admitting how bad I am. Like I'm not right. admitting what's going on. Right. Like, 
I am also hours away from anything I know. I definitely have people who would help me. I'm choosing to not accept any help from anyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was the first step. So this is very good. This is good information because let's say there's, there's a lot of people that are in situations that are not healthy and they need to get separated from that situation. And there is a time and when you realize, okay, this is, I, I'm denied, I'm in denial and I need to change something. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then what happened? So that is not as easy. Like, to actually no, make it's very difficult, easy. I would imagine. Yes. Right. Especially when you're so far away um, mm -hmm. from everything. And I was still like, well, I still love him. Like, I don't want anything mm -hmm. bad to happen to him. Like, I don't want to call the police. Like, I don't want to do any of these things because I, I love him. Like, I don't want anything to happen. Um, but we went down, we went to go visit his mom. Um, and it was on St. Patrick's Day and like, she had like a weekend off of work because of it or whatever. And so we like went down to visit her. And I remember he woke up in the middle of the night about something and blamed me and was like screaming at me in his mom's house. But mm -hmm. he thought everyone was like asleep and not paying attention. And she like came into the room and she looked at me and she was like, can I like see you for a second? And I was like, yeah. And I went out in the hallway and she's like, I'm going to call the police right now. And I was like, what? Like, you can't do that. He's your son. She's like, he's going to hurt you. I'm yeah. calling them and you need to accept that. And I was just like, okay, okay. And like me and my kids went to another room and she like locked us in there and she called the cops and he got taken away. And I like accepted like, okay, this is like, this yeah. is the help I needed. Yeah. And it was huge of her too, to be like, no, like yeah, he's healthy. He's going to hurt you. Like, no. So that was, that was what I really got away. And it was like my acknowledgement the month or so before with the homeless woman yeah. was like what put the universe's gears in motion to make sure that it happened, that I did get away, that there was this opportunity. Yes. And then you started doing the work. You started doing the work on yourself. You started going to the coaching. You start getting the, the psychiatry and working on yourself to get to become whole again. Basically, yeah. My first step was I need to reclaim who I was. Yeah. That was like what my first thing in my mind was, which of course that's not possible like that's not real who you are is different now you've gone through this different yeah. thing but my first thought was like I need to reclaim who I was so what the first thing I did which is actually really really interesting is I uh, I always had been really into horses like I was a very big equestrian for all of my childhood um so I went and I got a job doing horseback tour guides through the mountains I was like I'm gonna work with large animals and do something different every single day and be right. scared and have it be healthy scared and so that's what I did and I did that for like two or three years just to like really deal with that sort of level two of like reclaiming yeah. my power while I was also doing these coaching programs and while I was also getting counseling and while me and my kids had our own place and I was going through all the court stuff and it was horrible, yeah. but it was still, it was like creating a safe space again and creating a place where it was all right to be me. Yep. 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 Wow. Yeah. And, and I, and I, I wanted to go back into that because there's so many people at different stages of this, right? Mm -hmm. uh, whether you're at the first part where you're just not quite sure, not ready to admit, or you're actively doing the work. And then after doing the work, right, mm -hmm. feeling like you had healed, feeling like you had done, you know, you had done all the right stuff. Yeah. It was not easy to do at any part. No. And then was, you still felt that the trigger of the new relationship made you realize there's still some work that needed to be done. 
Right. Well, I mean, that's the nature of PTSD, right? Until you're yeah. back in a similar situation, you don't actually know all, where all of your stuff is hiding. Like that's what yeah. triggers do. Yeah. Um, so for me, I was like, and I thought about it long and hard. Like I had two young kids. I was like, I didn't want to let anyone in my life that wasn't healthy. And so like this amazing man who I'm still with, he's incredible, um, came into my life. And I was like, I really want to try to be with him. And I was like, I'll be okay. Like I've done all this, all good. And it wasn't all good. And he ended up being like, not understanding either why I was having these feelings come up, why I was freaking out. I was like guilty for doing the dishes because I wasn't spending time with him. And then also guilty for not doing them because I wasn't cleaning. So like there was literally no wins in any yes. capacity ever. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to lose him. Like, like I'm going to push him completely away if I can't handle this. And not to mention like, I'm going to affect my kids' lives. I'm going to like affect my job. Like I'm gonna, all of this stuff is going to get ruined because of my ex from five years ago? Like, no, right. that's not going to happen. <laughs> right. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh girl. And I, I can relate. Cause I, you know, I've been in abusive, emotionally abusive relationships and Ooh, that takes a minute. And I remember to, even after some time, you know, get into a new relationship and you're still, still dealing with um, stuff and, Oh, I gave my, my new husband a really, <laughs> you know, you had to, <laughs> oh, I know. Had to work this and stuff. <laughs> I know. I'm like, he, I honestly think that my fiance is like the most patient man in the entire planet. Mine too, my husband. <laughs> he was just like, every time he was like, just what do you need from me? Like, how right. can I do anything? And I was like, I don't know what I need from you. Like, I just need you to be. <laughs> you you right? <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my God. Okay. So. Yeah. Now, once you're, yeah, we're back up to date. Where we are now is we still need to do some work. However, the way that you're, you know, you're finding this, these, um, the people that are putting these programs together are not quite working with the way you need to be receiving them. Right. So like I went through a couple different, you know, I was like, I'll redo coaching again. It was great. The last time I reclaimed my power. I feel so confident. I was like, maybe it'll work this time. But the, the problem was coming with a lot of the rhetoric I was hearing and people don't intend to do this and it works for a lot of other people, but it's, you know, like you're going to go through some challenges in this program, but you're going to face things and it's going to be so worth it. And or it's going to be good. It's going to be difficult, right. but it's going to be great for you in the long run. And I just remember being like, I've gone through so much difficult. Like yeah. I don't, want more difficult like I, yeah. how am i supposed to cope with more difficult on top of what i'm experiencing at this right moment? right i can't right. and so i was looking for another system that would work basically i was like there's got to be something else out there and i was playing dungeons and dragons with my children mm -hmm. <laughs> and i was like oh my god what if i could make healing a game like what if i could take my love of fantasy and my like love of intuitive magic and all this different stuff that i like deeply and passionate about and, you know, I've written fantasy fiction and I've done all this stuff. I'm like, what if I could take that and make it actually a useful system and right. see if that would work? And so that's when I really started getting into like, let's use the power of stories to actually heal ourselves in a way that's one, not scary. And two, right. it's actually fun. Right. Right. So is this a actual computer program, like a software that you play or is this like coded kind of game and you're yeah. like, you know. I don't know. I, I just imagine. I'm so. I'm. I'm kind of imaginative too. So I have like this this monster, and I put my ex's name on it, and I like blow him up, and yeah. <laughs> um, no, we're not quite computer game stage yet. It, it would be amazing. Realistically, what I would like to do, and I've kind of been working a little bit on, is creating an app 
that would be kind of like a game in that way. Um, Just because then it would be so accessible because it's always on you, you know, and that way you could check in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the moment, really what it is, is is I call it a LARP because it is live action. And what I mean by that is it is, you know, it is still a coaching program. It is a, a live action coaching program where, I'm coaching you and through all of this stuff and um, that's going on, but you create your own character and you don't necessarily even need me to coach. Like I, I wrote a book about it so that people could have more accessibility to it. Yeah. It's such a different and unique system and like fun. And I didn't want anyone to ever be like, not have what I, what I needed at, right. you know, at the time ever again. Um, so, but you create yourself as a character and then you actually like, go through quests basically and gain different pieces of gear while you learn these different tools to cope with your trauma. And the main goal of the entire adventure is to overcome your fear monster, which is whatever your greatest fear is that you're facing at the moment. Um, And all of the quests you go on and all of the tools you learn, your character also gets. And at the end of it, you get to, you realize you've really overcome your fear monster and the process can be repeated as much times as you want. You can get as creative with it as you want. You can give your character an animal or make them a wizard, like whatever you want. Right. Um, that is, that excites you and makes you happy. and makes you feel magical. So how do you deliver the, the program? How, you know, is it a, like, I know it's live action. So I'm assuming it's just you and the client and you guys are, like, are you acting it out? Are you writing it out? Are you talking about it over the, over Zoom? And you're like, kept, you know, like, I don't know, headgear on. Or- <laughs> kind of. So it's, it's more of a group program, actually, so that your characters oh, can interact with other characters oh, and you can awesome. get inspiration from each other. Because, like, yeah. that's what any good game is, is there's, yep. there's many other characters in it. Um, so it's, it's kind of through that. We do, like, a weekly coaching call. It looks on the surface like it would be just a normal coaching program you know like just the way many people run their coaching programs um but we have like a group a private facebook group your characters go in there you post each week what your character looks like after doing that week's tool we have a coaching call all together where we discuss your characters discuss what you're learning um and then each week is narrated by storyline so the best games have cutscenes. um the best stories you know have like a real storyline that you can follow so the goal is like each of the storylines is kind of like a guided meditation um and you can visualize your character doing what the character is doing in the fantasy story Um, and that way you're actually getting used to taking all of the trauma and pain outside of yourself yeah. and looking at it from a a different perspective as if it's this character going through it's a character you it's just Mm -hmm. you i love it (laughs) thank you you know because i'm a writer too and i'm so like you know i i'm you know we're in our head we're just thinking about all this craziness and it's fun because it, it takes you away and i can totally see how that can help how that, how that could work. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's really cool to see the transformation that my clients go through. And like from there, I actually kind of have built on it as well. And so I I run two programs. I run that program for very much people who are still in the trenches, in the trenches, in the PTSD, really trying to get through it. And then another program, which is centered on like really helping people reconnect and awaken and discover their spiritual gifts that were blocked by all of the trauma and stuff. So it's kind of almost like compounds, but you can do one or the other. Um, But because what I found is like, the only thing that's blocking you from using your magic is all of the trauma at Nick of life. So once I cleared that out, all of my spiritual gifts massively opened. um, And I figured like, I could probably figure out how to do this for other people too. And so that's what I run in the other program as well. I love it. Very good, Emily. Thank you. Yes, I think I think this is a great idea. And because, you know, I use, I have a writer's workshop or writer retreat inside of one of my programs. 
and I use meditation and I use a guided, you know, kind of guided meditation where they're, you know, uh, seeing going back though. I take them back to like a certain time in their life for them to bring it up because we're writing. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so I can totally see how that works because of course you quiet all the other noise out of the head. They're just listening to you and then they're able to really like kind of work through uh, what they're trying to work through. So I love this idea and mm -hmm. I'm so glad that you came up with it. Now, um, how many years ago was it that you started doing this? I started really coaching people through the program about three years ago. Three years ago. Okay. Yeah. And, and I used it for myself before then for about a year and really fine tuned it. And then about yeah. three years ago is when I really started like, first I did it one-on-one -on -one to see if it would even work. And then I expanded to group. Um, and then within the last um, about year and a half, I've really expanded into the secondary program as well. Is it something that you still find yourself needing to use on yourself? Yes and no. Um, I don't use my own personal character as much anymore yeah. because mm -hmm. I've gotten so comfortable with knowing what my energy feels like yeah. and knowing where, you know, whenever I feel blocked or whenever I feel these negative programs come up, I'm so comfortable with, with re readdressing them and reassociating them uh -huh. um, without necessarily using my own character. I still have my own character, but like, yeah. it's not something I find necessary for me in my day to day anymore as much as it used to be. Okay. Very cool. Uh, so where can we find you? Absolutely. So my website's damselnomore.com. That is the Damsel name of my no, book. Damsel No More. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So the name of my book is Damsel No More, The Secret to Slaying Your Anxiety and Loving Again After an Abusive Relationship. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my website's damselnomore.com. On there is all of my different program information, everything. Um, it's you can get the book, a copy of the book for free on there. I'm happy to give it away. Again, I just want to make resources for people, um, which is really, really fun. And it's just where you can connect with me. I also run a podcast as well. So yes, yeah, Perceptionist people, Anonymous, right? Perceptionist Anonymous. It's the, the metaphysical comedy podcast your spirit guides are telling you to listen to. <laughs> well, yeah. I definitely will have to check that out because that just tickles me so much. <laughs> and, <laughs> I'm glad. Yes. So thank you so much, Emily. Thank you so much for coming and definitely check her out. Check out what she's doing. I think it's amazing. And we're definitely going to try to connect more with you, Emily, because we have a lot of different things. I like, I like to have people that are in the kind of the spiritual realm because I don't do that part. And mm -hmm. I like to work with people in their businesses after they've got through this trauma and the PTSD and the things that are blocking them and figured out their, their way. So yeah. I definitely want to stay connected with you and possibly have you speak at one of my events or do something with you. That'd be cool. I would love to do that. Absolutely would adore to. You're so fun to chat with. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you.